welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the fourth episode of Regulatory Radio Season 3. In the previous episodes, we have discussed diverse topics under the scope of the regulatory affairs and keep receiving a lot of love and support from our global audience. Hi, I'm Mohammed Wasi Akhtar. Hi, I'm Esther Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned on Regulatory Radio. Like any well-structured health authority that regulates drug products, US FDA follows protocols and procedures to assign drug approvals to manufacturers aspiring to market their products in the US of A. But how quickly can a drug be brought to the market without compromising on quality? I'm Mohammed Wasi Akhtar. I head the practice pre-sales and solutions for medicinal product at Freya and your host, of course, for the season. I'm pleased to welcome our esteemed guest for the season, Esther Brown. She is a director at Freya with more than 20 years of business development experience in various strategic roles with more than six years as a commercial business partner in the life sciences industry. Esther is well positioned to leverage Freya's global regulatory solutions, services, and technology innovations towards achieving client goals and requirements at Freya. Welcome back, Esther. How are you doing today? Hi, Wasi. I'm doing great, thanks. So Esther, we saw one of the fastest vaccine developments there ever was amidst COVID-19. Such fast-track development was backed by an emergency use authorization, EUA, and was brought into the market in a span of eight months. Did we already have certain fast-paced approval pathways in place pre-pandemic? Well, Wasi, COVID-19 was a powerful alert for health authorities globally to better prepare for pandemics in the current era. We saw how different facilitated regulatory pathways around the world functioned in our season one, episode five. However, I will be elaborating on US FDA's facilitated approval routes and how they're different from global FRPs. The facilitated approval routes are fast track, breakthrough therapy, accelerated approval, and priority review. Although the names uh, seem self-exploratory, but let's further delve into what these pathways signify and what timeline do they offer to the sponsors? Of course, Wasi, these pathways were introduced to quicken the availability of new therapies to patients with serious conditions, focusing on appropriate standards for safety and effectiveness to improve quality of life. To begin with, we have the fast track pathway. The objective of this pathway is to accelerate the accessibility of important novel drugs to patients earlier. If a drug intends to treat or prevent a medical condition with no existing therapy, then the drug submissions are prioritized. If sponsors approach FDA for an existing therapy, then the new drug must show superior efficacy, avoid serious side effects of the available therapy, decrease clinically significant toxicity of an available therapy, and address an emerging or anticipated public health need. Fast track designation should come at the time of submission and be requested by the sponsor, although it can be requested at any time in the approval process. Drugs on the fast track pathway are also eligible for accelerated approval and priority review if the criteria are met. Well, the fast track pathway clearly uh, passes on its benefits by expediting the approval process. Esther, just for a clear insight, can you provide me with recent statistics of drugs 
approved via the fast track pathway and what are the eligibility criteria if at all there are sure wasi as of 2021 39 drugs have been approved via the fast track pathway to be eligible for the fast track program an applicant must submit a request with supporting documentation for the product and its proposed use The FDA is required by law to decide within 60 days whether the conditions for fast track designation have been met. All right then, what about the breakthrough therapy BT? What was the purpose BT was introduced? The breakthrough therapy designation is designed to expedite the development and review of drugs that are intended to treat serious conditions. and the preliminary clinical evidence must indicate a substantial improvement over already available therapies that's interesting esther what are the eligibility criteria are the features of fast track designation considered for breakthrough therapy as well well wasi the eligibility criteria for breakthrough therapy includes all fast track designation features and intensive guidance on an efficient drug development program beginning as early as phase 1 plus organizational commitment involving senior managers got it esten how do you think the accelerated approval pathway helps the sponsors and patients with respect to getting access to important drugs drugs that are eligible for the accelerated pathway must be likely to improve a surrogate endpoint if a standard endpoint would require long-term evaluation if given conditional approval the sponsors must conduct post-marketing clinical trials to ensure endpoints are met if the standard endpoints are not met the FDA can withdraw approval The program was initially aimed at speeding access to treatment for HIV AIDS patients and has recently been dominated by cancer therapies. From 2010 to 2019, 84% of the agency's accelerated approvals have been for oncology indications. Well, that's an interesting figure, but to understand the standardization protocol by how much percentage, you know, does these uh, pathway reduce the time to market period? Pathways allow the approval time to be reduced by approximately 40% from a mean of 8 years to 4.8 years. Yeah, as far as I remember in 2021, FDA accelerated approvals were under severe scrutiny. Is that true? And if yes, could you elaborate on why this scrutinization came into the picture? The accelerated approval program has been getting increased attention in 2021. Both the Institute for Clinical Economic Review and the Code of Federal Regulations have outlined changes aimed at increasing transparency and consistency in the agency's expectations, particularly around surrogate endpoints. In April 2021, the agency convened the Oncology Drugs Advisory Committee (ODAC) to review six so-called dangling accelerated approvals in which the confirmatory trials had failed but the drug remained on the market of the six checkpoint inhibitor indications reviewed ODAC recommended that four be maintained that's really unfortunate for the patient population of course hopefully the guidelines will be revised to ensure the benefits of the pathway are passed without any discrepancies in the confirmatory study information ester Agreed. I am hoping for the same, Wasi. Coming to the fourth FRP, priority review. 
pathway authorized in 1992 by the Prescription Drug User Fee Act, PDUFA, created the two-tiered FDA drug review system, standard and priority. The priority pathway shortens application reviews from 10 months standard to six months priority. The FDA determines if a drug receives a standard or priority review, although sponsors may request a priority review. A priority review is granted if a new drug would result in significant improvement in safety and effectiveness compared to existing therapies. Is priority review a preferred pathway over the accelerated approval pathway and which is more popular? Priority review is less complicated than accelerated approval. The request for priority review designation is not made until submission of the NDA BLA after clinical trials are completed. Hence, significant improvement in safety and or effectiveness will have already been shown. Priority review may necessitate a more rapid manufacturing development program to keep pace with the accelerated clinical program. Early communication between quality and CMC representatives and FDA is critical to ensure that marketing approval coincides with product availability. Glad to grasp the knowledge on the four major FRPs in such detail. Thank you, Esther. But are there any post-approval risk associated with these FRPs? Additionally, what can organization do to be mindful enough to not fall prey to this? Yes, Wasi. Sometimes there is uncertainty around issues with manufacturing or expanding the supply chain following marketing approval. Companies should be cautious around complex post-approval activities, such as substantiating efficacy claims when a surrogate endpoint was used or managing risk when there are unexpected adverse events. A solution to these could be a cross-functional approach combining regulatory expertise, data management, biometrics, regulatory writing and affairs, safety risk management, and stringent pharmacovigilance would allow for a level of risk mitigation that cannot be provided by any one functional area working in isolation. Expedited development and review pathways present their own unique set of challenges and having the right experience and technical insight to navigate these challenges is critical. Very well said, Esther. Thank you for such an insightful discussion about the FRPs. My pleasure, Wasi. I hope I have done justice to providing clarity on the FDA's FRP pathway. It certainly has. And after today's uh, session highlighting key points on the role of the US FDA in achieving regulatory approvals, we will discuss further on all things regulatory. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of Regulatory Radio. See you next time.